As the one-year anniversary of widespread shutdowns and stay-at-home orders due to COVID approaches, 245 million doses of various COVID vaccines have been given worldwide. Thankfully, folks are warming up to the idea. March 11, 2020, the last day in America before it seemed like the world came to a screeching halt. The NBA was the first to issue a shutdown, followed swiftly by every sports league. Then the stay-at-home orders began to hit. One year later, the vaccines are rolling out and COVID numbers are dropping. Nearly 77 million doses so far in America, almost 2 million in Canada. I, for one, am hopeful that the end of a global pandemic is in our near future. A small virus, such an enormous effect. Sin's like that too, isn't it? But our vaccine doesn't come in doses or syringes. It comes by faith in the risen Christ. Welcome to Haven Today, here on the first Wednesday of March. And I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And today we're continuing a series called Eternity Before Us. Would it surprise you to hear that the man many consider the first Puritan was a party boy when he was in college, from public intoxication to preaching Christ crucified? I think you're going to find William Perkins a very fascinating person. In a moment, we're going to look at his life, and we'll see how the Lord used him to bring many to Christ in a short amount of time. All week, we've been looking at the Puritans. I know the name today means... Someone who's old and stodgy, joyless, and wanting others to not be happy. But the Puritans lived God-entranced lives, looking to eternity. They lived each day for the glory of God. They were very practical people who wanted to share the good news of Jesus, because only in Him can we find true joy. And these stunning truths are shared so well in the new documentary DVD that's simply called Puritan. It's a God-entranced heart and a God-entranced stomach and a God-entranced ears and eyes and all of life and experience is God-entranced. And they saw this is the joy and good news we're made for and therefore this is truth worth living and worth dying for. And if we are not ready and willing to lay down our lives for the truth of God, then not only is God being dishonored, people's eternal lives are being imperiled. The, the goal is not to reconstruct the 16th or 17th or 18th century. We're, we're not on some liturgical excavation. But it is to say that the Puritans have something to teach us. A few of the voices from the feature-length documentary called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God. We'll hear another extended clip later in the program. This cinematic yet biblically-centered story will help you see how those Christians lived for Jesus, even in the hardest of times. And I believe they will inspire you to do the same today. After the program, I want to send you a copy of this new documentary for your gift to the ministry. And the number to call, of course, is 800 654 36-800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website and watch an extended trailer for Puritan. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. 
And don't forget, we still have copies of Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly book and audiobook for your gift as well. Dane was inspired by many Puritans himself and moved by their love for Jesus. I know you'll experience the same thing when you read or listen to his book as well. Now we open the program with Summit Worship. I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way. The sin that promised joy in life had led me to the grave. I had no hope that you would own a rebel to This is Haven Today in a program called Eternity Before Us. I'm Charles Morris, and that was All I Have is Christ by Summit Worship. 
beginning with the line, I once was lost in darkest night, and ending with Hallelujah, Jesus is my life. A song that fits so well with the story of William Perkins that we're going to hear in this program today. Our program title this week reflects the goal of the Puritans. They lived God-entranced lives, and that's certainly true for William Perkins. He's been called the father of Puritanism. No, not because he was a killjoy, which is how secular history stereotyped the Puritans. He was the father of the movement because of his commitment to bring the truths of God's Word to people's souls. He taught them how to apply grand biblical doctrines to everyday life, whether at home and in the family or in one's vocation. And this commitment defined an era. But such a glorious legacy did not begin that way. Probably the greatest Puritan theologian of the 16th century and the main architect of the young movement was William Perkins. Born in 1558 in the quaintly named village of Marston Jabot, William was known for his recklessness, drunkenness, and profanity. The story goes that while he was a student in Cambridge, he overheard a woman in the street telling off her child by saying, hold your tongue or I'll hand you over to drunken Perkins. He was so humiliated that apparently at that very moment, he began to really think about the things of eternity. Two things need to be said about him. Uh, first of all, um, he was not only trained in Cambridge, but he also ministered there. And as a result, out of his ministry came a number of the second generation Puritans, so to speak, who then took the Puritan movement right into um, the, the 17th century. Apart from being a preacher, he was a prolific writer. And consequently, his writings laid a solid foundation for the Puritan movement. He, as a student, would go to the prisons and would preach uh, to the prisoners every week. And then when some of them uh, were sentenced to death for their crimes, he would accompany them and speak to them and pray with them um, before they were executed. And so he wasn't just... Uh, um, an egghead preaching to eggheads uh, in a rarefied academic environment. But he was a man who spoke to the common people, and like his saviour, the common people heard him gladly. Though Perkins died from kidney stone complications in 1602, at the age of only 44, his influence persisted through his writings and also through the students he taught at Cambridge. That was Joel Beakey and other pastors and teachers speaking on the life and legacy of William Perkins and an excerpt from the feature-length documentary DVD called Puritan. In the span of just over 20 years, William Perkins earned the reputation of a revered theologian, but also a warm pastor. He lived only to the age of 44, but his written works filled 10 very thick volumes. His adult life, however, began in the darkness of prodigal living. He went to college at Cambridge to do what many college students do in our own day, to have a good time and scrape by with a degree. But the Lord wasn't through with him there. Pulling him from an aimless existence, God's Holy Spirit convicted him of his sins and converted him to the Lord. And from then on, Perkins' sole aim, the glory of God. 
His writings include published sermons, Bible commentaries, works on pastoral counseling, manuals on preaching, and much more. But perhaps his most famous work is a book called A Golden Chain, a reference to Romans 8, 28-31. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The Apostle Paul lists some of those most beloved elements of our salvation in this passage. God calling us, predestining us, justifying us, glorifying us. It's an unbroken linking of events. And that's why Christians through the ages have called this the golden chain. I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded of this every day. The Holy Spirit's work includes applying these amazing realities to our souls. He takes the heavenly decrees of God and brings them down to earth so that we may benefit from them. Your soul and my soul are weary every day from doubts and from our sins. But Romans 8 gives us amazing words of comfort. Our glorification will only be finished in a day to come. But those who are called by God are secure now that our glorification is as good as done. That's a pretty good inspiration for a book, wouldn't you say? And Perkins expands on it to show that glory is not only where we are headed, it's also God's highest aim. In that book, Perkins provided an illustrated chart, something certainly new for that day, listing all the elements of our redemption. This elaborate picture graphs out the chain of salvation that Paul gives in seed form in Romans 8 and shows how Christ's work applies to our entire Christian life. Perkins' theology was not brand new, but he did provide a fresh approach for followers of Jesus. Theology can sometimes feel abstract. If you're like me, doctrine doesn't always warm my heart for Jesus like it should. Perkins is a great help for us even today. He famously said theology is the science of living well and blessedly forever. It doesn't get more practical than that. We spoke to Puritan expert David Woolen earlier this week. He shows us why men like Perkins were so important to the movement. We can see the distinctive marks of Puritanism in the period really beginning after the Reformation. So, there was that rekindling of the same truths that, were, that have always been true in the pre-reformers, in, in Huss and Waldo and, and Wycliffe. And they then fed into the, the Reformation with Calvin and Luther and Zwingli and, and others. And those reformers took the pillars of the faith and said, these are the key things that, that we must believe. And then we have sort of that intervening period towards the end of the 16th century, where where it transforms into Puritanism. And so we have men like Lawrence Chidderton at Cambridge University, who not many people have heard of. But if you go 
into that grass courtyard at Emmanuel College and walk through into the chapel, you can see stained glass windows with Thomas Cranmer and Hugh Latimer on there. And then you look down at your feet and there's a memorial to Lawrence Chederton, who mm -hmm. lived at that time to over 100 years old and trained many of these Puritans. And from those hotbeds of places like Cambridge and, and Oxford, you have men like William Perkins, the father of Puritanism, beginning to build on top of these pillars of the faith. You know, we, we know the solas of the Reformation and, and, and these kind of truths that we have. But what they, the Puritans then do is they take that theology and apply it to every single area of life. It's like, okay, this is all true. We've now realized the errors of what was happening in the church. How then should I live? How should it impact me, my family, my church, my work life, every area of life? That, that was their intent. David Woolen is a pastor and Christian publisher in Grand Rapids. From the great truths recovered in the Reformation to the practical application of the Puritan era, that transition did not happen without pastors like William Perkins. And he especially stands out as pivotal. He demonstrated that the work of Christ and the glory of God are truths that transform us. He knew that firsthand. He had become so notorious for his public intoxication that his very name had become associated with profanity. But look what the Holy Spirit can do. There is no one who is beyond his powerful reach. It's God who calls us, and when God calls us, he calls us powerfully. He opens our eyes to our sin and to the scope of his love for sinners. You and I don't deserve to know God at all. But instead of abandoning us, our Heavenly Father has promised that we will see glory one day. And that's certainly why Perkins was such an effective preacher. He was a scholar, yes, but he preached for common people like you and me. He met with prisoners, even those who were on their way to their own executions. One story goes that a prisoner on his way to the gallows was terrified of what awaited him in eternity. Perkins saw his fear, and just in the nick of time, he took the prisoner aside, and he offered him the saving blood of Jesus Christ. And the man believed and walked to his execution with confidence that his Savior would meet him on the other side. A perfect example of Puritan convictions. William Perkins knew that God called sinners to repentance through his word, and his word could do it even in a person's final moments of life on earth. The golden chain of salvation, as Perkins illustrated it in his chart, shows that all things eventually lead to God's glory. Those who turn from Christ dishonor God, but God will gain glory in the end through his justice. But even better than that, the transformation of sinners. How much more does salvation lead to the glory of God? It's the very reason why Jesus came to earth. He came to obey God's law on behalf of lawbreakers. He came to take the punishment meant for spiritual criminals, those who had turned their backs on the Lord. His obedience and his death in our place, according to Perkins, these lead to the glory of God. And when the Holy Spirit takes these gifts of Christ and applies them to us, that saving work leads to God's glory all the more. For Perkins, the father of Puritanism, 
These glorious realities couldn't just stay in our minds. They had to come down to our hearts and compel us to live godly lives. To understand that the great doctrines of the Reformation were of little use if men and women merely thought about them. In our day, like in Perkins' day, God's grace to sinners must touch our hearts, and only then will our lives be filled with love for God and for our neighbors. And one day, our transformed lives will reach their ultimate goal, glorification. That is the golden chain of salvation. What reason do I have to wake up with the rising sun? And not be held down by the weight of all the things I've done What reason do I have to feel this hope instead of hurt? How can it be I don't receive the judgment I deserve? Wave upon wave of grace upon grace Endlessly washing my sins away I know the only reason I can stand here free of all my shame is wave upon wave of grace upon grace upon grace how can you see me at my worst and still say I am loved what promise can I stand on when I don't feel good enough? When the enemy's reminding me of all that I've done wrong, what freedom do I have to sing this new creation song? Wave upon wave of grace upon This is Haven Today and the third day in a series called Eternity Before Us. And that was Matthew West with Grace Upon Grace. 
Earlier in the program, we heard a couple of excerpts from the new documentary called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God. We've all heard the word Puritan, but what do we know about those people? As you heard earlier in the program, Puritans had a big vision of God because they had experienced the joy of living with Him. They asked the same questions that we ask today. How do I live for Jesus in a world that's far from Him? How do I stay faithful with so many temptations out there to face? When you watch this beautifully shot film, you'll see how they answered these questions and a whole lot more. Their story, which is told by many of today's best Bible teachers and theologians, will uplift you and bring you the encouragement that you and I desperately need right now. So may I invite you to make your gift to this ministry, and we'll send you the double DVD set that includes the two-hour documentary, a bonus DVD with many extras, and a digital download. Our number you can call, and why don't you call us right now at 800 Six, five, four, twenty-eight, thirty-six, eight hundred, sixty-five Haven, or visit our website and watch an extended trailer for Puritan, and you can make your gift then at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And just before we have to go, we still have copies of Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly book. We have the book either in hardback or an audio version read by the author. Gentle and Lowly has helped me and so many I know better understand the heart of Jesus, and I know it will bless you as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon, looking up at the Milky Way in the night sky, these tell us one thing. We're small, we're fragile, and the Lord is great. David had this experience, and he wrote about it. The heavens, he said, caused him to ask a question. Psalm 8.4 asks, What is man that you are mindful of him? We look down to look up. Looking at the vastness of creation makes us reflect on how great our Lord is. But it brings to mind something else, how close he is to us. We marvel, not just that he created, but that in Christ he draws near, that he is mindful of us. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.